0: From the Mercy One studio. Welcome to Straight Talk, a lively discussion on tough issues impacting our lives. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your host, Gene Wells, brought to you by Blackbird Investments.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. It is your weekly dose of news from the diocese and around the world, plus commentary on tough issues impacting our lives. Straight Talk. You've got questions, we've got some answers for you. I'm Jean Wells, and I count among one of my many blessings the opportunity to be with you each week to broadcast from the Mercy One studio, even though I'm remote. At the moment, our producer, Jimmy Olson, is in studio bringing you straight talk. Also grateful to Blackbird Investments for sponsoring our show. Doing what is challenging because it is right, that's Blackbird Investments. When it comes to building real estate, they look for creative solutions by forming strategic alliances, creating energy-efficient buildings, and engaging with local craftsmen. At its core, Blackbird believes in giving buildings a new life. For more information, they are online at blackbirdinvest.com. Now on today's show, we're talking about the Amazonian Synod and Pope Francis's response to the Synod in his apostolic exhortation, The Beloved Amazon. You know, this had, there was great hullabaloo all about the synod and the various recommendations that were promoted within it and that, you know, from a distance, you know, had little to do with the Amazon and more to do with the liberalization of historic church teachings, you know, from priestly celibacy to deaconesses, uh, all sorts of things were on the table. The assumptions of what would happen to the church were running wild because as the Amazon goes So goes the world. If special exemptions were granted to the Amazon region, what would stop those exemptions to be applied to other regions and eventually the entire church? Well, once the beloved Amazon was published, USA Today commented that um, they really summed it up as being just a love letter to the Amazonian rainforest and its indigenous peoples penned by history's first Latin American Pope. Hmm. Well, today we're going to look at the issues that, that got so many people riled up and Pope Francis's response, all framed in what he is calling his dreams for the Amazon region. My guest today is Monsignor Chido. He's the pastor of St. Anthony Catholic Church. And we're going to delve into this Amazon Synod. And, And you know, I've taken a whole new perspective of this. Uh, when this first came out, you know, I'm looking at, you know, South America, you know, another continent away. And yet, as we look at what's happened in our own society with an, a disease that happened a continent away or two, and how quickly the coronavirus has spread to our own country, it makes me realize how small our world really is. And not so much that what happens in the Amazon, you know, happens to the world, but that we have a responsibility to care for our entire world, our entire globe, because we are, yes, a continent away, but really just a few peoples away and uh, that's our opportunity for discussion today and if you hear my cat in the background yes we are all broadcasting remotely and my cat evidently wants to be on the radio as well so uh, enjoy her meowing in the background. Uh, Some bits of news Uh, Pope Francis sent a letter this past Saturday encouraging Catholics to pray the rosary throughout May It's typically the month of the rosary, one of them. Uh, He said, contemplating the face of Christ with the heart of Mary, our mother, will make us even more united as a spiritual family and will help us overcome this time of trial. The Pope urged families and individuals to rediscover the beauty of praying the rosary at home in the month of May, which is traditionally a time of increased devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now with his letter, the Pope included two prayers to Our Lady to recite at the end of the rosary, uh, which he said would he would also pray throughout May in spiritual union with all of us. I will post those to our Facebook page, to the Straight Talk Facebook page after today's show. Um, Also, as the world continues to face the ongoing effects of the global pandemic of the coronavirus, Archbishop Jose Gomez, president of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, has announced that the U.S. bishops will join the Canadian Conference of Catholic Bishops on May 1st in renewing the consecration of the two nations to the care of our Blessed Mother. The renewal of consecration does not change the designation of Mary as the patroness of the United States under the, the title of the Immaculate Conception. Archbishop Gomez will lead a brief liturgy with the prayer of reconsecration on Friday, May 1st at 2 o'clock and has invited um, all the local bishops to join in from their respective dioceses and ask them to extend the invitation to the faithful in their di- diocese. For their participation, I just heard from on a conference call that Bishop Joneson plans to live stream that um, reconsecration of the United States uh, on the diocese website this Friday, May 1st. Hey, when we come back, I will be visiting with Monsignor Chido, pastor of St. Anthony's Catholic Church, about Pope Francis's response, uh, the beloved Amazon, about the Amazonian Synod. Synod. It's time for Straight Talk, right now on Iowa Catholic Radio.
2: Impoverished children break everyone's heart, but poverty seems like such a big problem. What can one person do to make a difference? For 17 years, Blessman International's passion has been to connect the resources of our donors with sustainable programs that impact the lives of impoverished children in South Africa. Our donors are feeding thousands of hungry children every week, providing basic water and sanitation for impoverished communities, and sharing the love of God in practical ways every day. Go to www.blessmaninternational.org and make your donation today.
3: Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall, online at BigRedQ-Des Moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print, we make printing easy.
0: Nearly 64% of all abortions in Iowa are chemical, or more commonly known, the abortion pill. At InterVisions Healthcare, we do not provide the abortion pill, but we do provide the medical information required to make an informed decision. If a woman regrets taking the first pill, she can come to InterVisions to help reverse the effects. Our nursing staff is trained in the abortion pill reversal protocol, a relatively new medical procedure, but we need your help in getting the word out. For more information on the free medical services at InterVisions Healthcare, or to support the mission, visit IVHcare.org.
1: welcome back to straight talk and i'm kathy Grady. this is june wells and i'm so grateful that you are joining us staying up to date with all the information related to the coronavirus and and things happening in our churches and our parishes. And, and my guest today is Monsignor Frank Chido. He is the pastor of St. Anthony's Catholic Church. And I know he was just on a conference call with me about um, the, you know, the updates of uh, The governor announced yesterday a partial opening of the state, and including some of our worship facilities. and And Monsignor, I thought maybe you could provide a a snapshot of of what Bishop Johnson is is looking at doing for our own diocese. Good morning. Well,
4: what I sure. Good morning, Gene. Good morning to all our listeners. Uh, uh, Bishop Johnson indicated that there's going to be a, a meeting this morning or this afternoon with the bishops of the, of the uh, region, or the province, that means the Archbishop of Dubuque, Bishop of Davenport, Bishop of Sioux City, and, and himself, uh, Bishop Johnson, and they're going to be discussing uh, a, a process by which the churches would be, would be opened, and I believe what they want to do is they want to do it in sync. They don't want part of, part of the state doing it at one time, or part of a diocese doing it another. I think what they're going to try to do is come up with a, a date that's agreeable among themselves open up the churches, but the churches, while they will be open, there will be uh, some requirements to make guarantee that uh, the environment is clean and, and uh, uh, using disinfectant and so forth, and that people keep a certain distance between the, the different worshipers and so forth. It's going to be interesting to see what exactly uh, the details are, but I, I'm hopeful and I'm grateful. I, I mentioned this morning that uh, at the morning Mass and the meditation that the old saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder, is certainly clear in in our experience uh, during this pandemic in terms of our social uh, contacts. You know, absence makes the heart mm-hmm. grow fonder. Work, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And definitely the uh, possibility to worship and to receive the Holy Communion and receive the sacraments, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So we have to pray that the Holy Spirit will guide the bishops and knowing when and how to open up the churches to worship, you know, this isn't a, a, uh, in no small measure is this uh, uh, something that we really need to to pray for and pray about, and so I encourage all of our listeners to pray to the Holy Spirit, especially today, that the bishops will respond according to the wisdom of God, who Mm -hmm. uh, has our best interests in mind.
1: Well, as as we, we were are talking about this coronavirus, how are you faring at St. Anthony's with the virus? I, I mean, you've been—I know you've been sharing mass uh, live, the yeah, live feed on Facebook for some time. But what yeah, are you we, doing we, differently at St. Anthony's to help reach out to the parishioners?
4: Well, well, interestingly, and, and I'm very proud of the fact that St. Anthony's has been committed for for many years now to to evangelization by way of the media. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had. Uh, Weekly uh, weekly talk show on. In fact, we were on TV for a while called the Heart's Treasure. Uh, we've been uh, for some time. We we're on the radio. The, we have uh, on the stream. We're streaming the masses. We've been doing that for a number of years. We have some professional equipment so that the, the quality of the worship that's being streamed uh, on uh, visual media is is a quality that gives due respect to the celebration of the Holy Eucharist. So we have masses every day, twice on online. Uh, english mass at eight thirty and a spanish mass at 10 and on weekends we're doing uh, three masses n- n- latin at 9 11 english and one o'clock in spanish uh we have uh, uh other programs that we've been doing on online for some time a heart's journey it's a uh three to five minute meditation that i give on on a, a current topic topic or uh, spiritual uh, meditation of some kind um we've been doing homilies we're streaming the homilies we're pulling the homilies out of the masses and putting them online. Uh, we're offering Eucharistic adoration in the Church now so that there's distance between the... We have a chapel, so we're doing it in the Church so people can have some distance, safe distance. A lot of people are coming. Rosary every day, I'm glad to say. Uh, we've been doing the rosary in Spanish and in English at 5:30 and 6 o'clock. Uh, during Lent, we did stations and devotions on online. We hope to also stream, uh, Consecration of the Blessed Mother. I know the bishop's doing it, and I, I think we're going to do it also on our mm-hmm. on our, uh, on our uh, stream spot, and so forth. So we're, we're doing a lot, uh, and people are very grateful. I'm getting a lot of feedback, um, uh, telephone calls, notes in the mail, cards, uh, 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 emails from people, even outside of, of the city and outside the state, interestingly, thanking us for, for what we're doing and providing uh, spiritual nourishment for, for people who are very hungry in the spiritual, well, the spiritual nourishment.
1: This is not related to the virus, but that you are streaming the Latin Mass for folks that have maybe never been at a Latin Mass and would right. like to experience it right. and are a little intimidated by the whole process. Right. What they can time see that. is yeah. your Latin Mass again so they may not- have an opportunity to just experience it?
4: Sure, Jean. It's 9.30 on Sunday mornings, 9.30 a.m., the Latin mm-hmm. Mass. It's a Latin-sung Mass, so it's it's, um, it's very lovely. Uh, we have just a couple of people there who sing the Mass. And uh, and I think uh, a number of people, you're right, a number of people who have never really experienced it have written how, how touched they have been uh, by the, the solemnity and the, the sacral character. Not that the new Mass is not that, but they were they were very much touched by the, the tradition of that Mass that uh, fed and nourished the people, our relatives, our ancestors for centuries. Mm-hmm. No, I, you know, I
1: think, I think um, Monsignor, that this has been, yes, it's been horrific, a, a horrific disease, and, and we pray for the souls of those who have passed away. But with any challenge, there has been silver linings, and and I think this has been a wake-up call to all of us on how we can evangelize in mm-hmm. a new way. I mean, we have such rich resources available through technology, and rather than them being used only for Right. evil purposes. Let's use right. them for good. What What do you think yeah. will will survive of these new I, evangelization strategies after the COVID, yeah. after we're this into is, a new normal?
4: Gene, this is something we've been talking a lot about among the priests, and, and even uh, uh, lay people have commented, wondering what is what shape it's going to take once we get through with this, in terms of evangelization by way of the media. And I think uh, we'll never be the same. I think we're mm-hmm. challenged to continue to use the the visual media, to, uh, to promote uh, the gospel, to propagate the faith, to get the Word of God out there, to, to, to preach uh, the Word of salvation, the Word of healing, the Word of, of a new beginning, the Word of hope. And people will continue to media. You know, a lot of people are watching who uh, haven't been to Mass for years, and that's the interesting thing, that, uh, you know, we're having 1,000, 2,000 people watching Masses on, on the weekend. And, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, that's a lot of people just uh, tuning in to watch the mass. And I think it says that they're very much uh, interested in, in touching that part of their life or allowing God to touch that part of their life that hasn't been touched for some time. The Holy Spirit is really working. You know, God writes straight on crooked lines. And mm-hmm. that's what he's doing with the crooked lines of this pandemic. He's writing a straight message to the hearts of people everywhere to, to get their line, their life online again. And, uh, and I hope and pray that, that we can continue to do this. You know, as I said before, St. anthony has been committed to evangelization by way of the media for some time, and we'll continue to do that and look for new ways and explore new ways to get the word out uh, and to encourage people to come to Christ.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I, I have to talk about the money piece because, um, I mean, the, the church does have a captive audience at Sunday Masses and Daily Masses if they take up a collection, and that's a significant cash flow um Whether it's checks or cash um mm-hmm. how I heard on this conference call that collections are down about twenty percent in our diocese, mm-hmm. which is
3: yeah.
1: better than some places, yeah. so we have to be grateful yeah. for that um,
4: yeah. it's, but, it's concern. What, what
1: is your response? you know I think we, we we've lost track of the fact that this isn't just about you know, giving cash, that we really need to give back because everything we have is a gift from God.
4: Yeah, you know, you bring up a a very important topic, too, and that is that we need money in order to to fulfill our our evangelical mission the Lord has given us. The ministries in the church cost money a lot of times because they involve staffing and, and, uh, and materials and so forth. You just, you know, you talk about the working of the Holy Spirit. Just yesterday, someone knocked at the door a parishioner about 5 o'clock, and he, he, he's got a job, but, you know, it's not, it's not a hugely lucrative job. And he handed me a check for $1,000, and he said, use this for whatever way you can uh, to continue the work of the Church. And, and that was a great sacrifice, I'm sure, for him. And mm-hmm. but he said he and his family wanted to offer that, and I'm seeing that come through. Somebody left uh, some clothing at the back door and said, give this to the poor. Somebody sent me $100 worth of uh, uh, f- food vouchers for Fairway. Give this to somebody in need. So this is, again, the Holy Spirit is knocking at the door of of hearts everywhere, uh, calling people to open up their hearts to to the Lord and to the people that he's sending our way. And I'm seeing a lot of that. And it is a concern, as you mentioned, the the tithing, because all of our ministries, particularly a school, we have a school, costs, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And uh, if we don't have the money coming in in tithes, we have to come up with it somewhere or, or, or cut, our cut our, our staffing and we don't want to do that. So right. it, it, it's going to be a challenge because what, what, what can, on the, on the darker side, what can happen is people who used to come to mass, uh, have gotten used to watching it online, sitting in their pajamas, drinking a cup of wine. Somebody said they'd sit in their pajamas. And drink a glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so they're going to Sunday mass by way of the, the, the internet. And, uh, they may be so used to that and say, well, why should I go to church? I've been doing it for the last two months online. Why do I need to go to church? And consequently, they're not tithing and so forth. So this this is the darker side. This is the scary side. Uh, while while some people who haven't been to Mass for years are, are coming to Mass or worshiping the best they can by way of the media, but it's also true that the weaker might, might see this as an excuse for staying home and watching it online. And I hope that doesn't happen because it not only affects mm-hmm. them spiritually, it affects the life of a parish, and in the bottom line, it impacts negatively finances coming in to support our
1: ministry. So it is a concern. But, you know, if the Holy Spirit's going to work with those that haven't been here for years, the Holy Spirit's going to work with those that are sitting in their pajamas.
4: Yeah, you know, as I said, you know, these are some of these people have never been to church for years, and, and maybe the, the worship online and the, and the homily or whatever the Word of God proclaimed touches their heart. And if the Holy Spirit is given, you know, an inch, in a person's heart, he will move them around. And hopefully, I know, he eventually, if people respond accordingly, will, will come back to worship because the Holy Spirit will guide them to uh, to recognize the hunger they have in their heart to receive the Lord in the Eucharist.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank, uh, thank you for that update. You know, it's important for us to all realize. And, and what I loved, Monsignor, in your examples is that, you know, it was a bag of clothes to a $1,000. You know, mm-hmm. the gift... Yes, thousand dollars is great, but it, when it comes from your heart, that I can help yeah. with these clothes, yeah. I can help with right. these food cards.
4: You know, mm-hmm. it might
1: be five dollars how you can help, right? Um, or five thousand. All of gotcha. them are of value because when it's it comes from a sincere heart, it is a gift that is blessed.
4: That's right. That's right. So we're seeing the Holy Spirit work, and you know, as I said, God writes straight on crooked lines. Yep, and that's what's happening. So. Uh, it can't be you know what the bottom line uh, fear is that it's going to be business as usual, like nine eleven you know, when people were packing the churches after nine eleven, but within six weeks it was back to normal. You know, you hope uh-huh. and pray that that people will heed the message. there's there' definitely a message here in terms of faith to rediscover what really matters in life because what we consider to be so important in life can be can be grabbed from us in an instant. Yes. We can be deprived of things that we thought. We're so uh valuable and so indispensable. And, you know, the only thing in the end that we have is our faith and our, our relationship with God and the love we have for him and for the people that he sends into our lives. In the end, that's all we have to take with us. And, and so the Lord is reminding us, you know, get in touch with your, with your heart and, the, and your soul and hear the word of God, which is calling you to recognize what really matters in life and to prioritize mm-hmm.
1: accordingly. Look, we need to get into our Amazonian synod, Monsignor. Okay. Let's let's talk about this. You know, many folks were so worried that Pope Francis on um, how he might respond to the synod. You know, many feared that the challenges facing those nine countries which make up the Amazon um, would be resolved in such a way that would change much of the Church as we know it, married yeah. priests and. Older faithful men now ordained to the priesthood without any formation, in order just to increase the quantity of priests, and yeah, ordaining yeah. women as deacons. So, you know, were you concerned with any yeah. of these well, changes? I mean, the, the, where were you personally in all of that? I,
4: I was, I was concerned in in, in two ways. Uh, first of all, I, I ra- resonate with uh, the people of the Amazon in areas like the Amazon, who who live in, in remote areas and who have no access on a regular basis to the, the Blessed Sacrament, to Holy Communion, and they can go for months and uh, probably years without seeing a priest or having Holy Communion, and they do have catechists and so forth in many places that that preach the Word and have prayer services and they lead in the rosary and so forth, but you see the first the first need in my book, and and I understand what the bishops of the Amazon, the people of the Amazon are saying. They have a right to the, the Eucharist, and and we don't have enough priests to go around. So how do you do that? Well, mm-hmm. one of the solutions was to merit to ordain uh, older men, and then they finally said not just older men. It should be permanent deacons because they're already trained and have formation in that area. Uh, so you know, I, frankly, it was worth. I think it was. It, it is an issue of such importance that needed to be faced honestly. Uh, the conclusion that was was touted about before the final document was that the bishop wasn't the, the pope. In fact, was going to allow for permanent deacons to be to be ordained to the priesthood and to serve in these areas. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, he did. Uh, he did encourage. Uh, you know some some. Uh, and let me just look at the area. I just I just marked it out here. What, what he said mm-hmm. was that he identified the problems. The number, where are we? In number 89 in chapter 4, uh, the last, he has four dreams that he talked about. And that last one was the, the, the ecclesial uh, dimension. He says, In specific circumstances of the Amazon, in its forests and remote areas, a, may, a way must be found to ensure priestly ministry. The lady can proclaim the word, teach, organize, celebrate certain sacraments, seek different devotions, and, de- and develop. Uh, the multitude of gifts that the Spirit pours forth, but they need the Eucharist. It makes the Church. We can even say that no Christian community is built up without the Eucharist. We are, If we are truly convinced of that, then every effort should be made to ensure that the people do not lack this food. And he goes on to say, uh, we should certainly promote priestly vocations by praying, but uh, he goes on to say, at the, at the same time, it is appropriate that the structure and content of both initial and ongoing formation be thoroughly revised, so the priest can acquire the attitudes and ability demanded by dialogue with Amazon cultures. This formation must be preeminently pastoral in favor of the development of priestly ministry. So he really he doesn't he doesn't really say, okay, this is what we're going to do about it. Other than the fact that the, the, ch- the church beyond the Amazon needs to open up to the fact that the Amazon has needs. You know, maybe in areas of greater vocations, they need to they need to have a Structure in place to facilitate people moving from countries that have a lot of priests to, to there. Uh, you know, he didn't close the door to uh, to, to the permanent diaconate uh, being some of them being ordained. He didn't close it, but he did. He didn't close it shut and bar it, but he did. He did. Uh, he did not move on in that direction uh, as was expected by many people. And as mm-hmm. an aside, uh, as an aside, uh, the Pope Pope Emeritus Benedict and Cardinal Sarah right before this document came out, had uh, published a book on priestly celibacy. (laughs) And uh, uh, there are many circles, in many circles, they uh, and of course, they were very much concerned about opening up the priesthood to married people in the Amazon or elsewhere. And both Cardinal Sarah and Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI had discouraged that. And some have said that that was the, the thing that really pushed Pope Francis away from the initial, uh, perhaps, just perhaps, pushed him away from what he was initially perhaps going to do, which was, in fact, uh, allow for the ordination to the priesthood of permanent deacons. That's just a conjecture. That's a personal theory of some. We don't know, but at any rate, you know, if the Holy Spirit is working, we trust that the Holy Spirit says this is not going to happen, at least for this time. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm personally not threatened, by by married priests, I, I don't think it will ever be universal ruling in the in the Latin Church for priests to be married. I think there'll be exceptions made, as there have been with the Anglican former Anglican clergymen have been ordained. Mm-hmm. We have Father Livingston in our own diocese, who's a right? married priest who was Anglican, and uh, he's doing a great job, and he's married. I mean, that was an exception; it wasn't a rule, but it was an exception to a rule, and I think. I, I, my personal opinion, if you're asking, Gene, you're asking my personal opinion, I think uh, I, if, in fact, we look at the needs that they have in the areas where there are no priests available for Mass, that I'm not personally threatened if they ordain, by exception, exception, some permanent deacons in these areas uh, who are, are uh, uh, people of uh, very poor in other words, older men uh, who are settled in their marriage and so forth and they would be able to say Mass, I think we need to provide Mass for people who are not having it because the Eucharist is the heart of being Catholic. So hmm. people are concerned about it. I, I didn't feel that, that, that it was a threat. However, on the other side, it can be argued that if you open that up in the Amazon because of the need of vocation, what's going to happen in Germany where, right. where uh, they have a lack of vocation? Are you going to make an exception for Germany? And then how about in this country? And how about in that country? So that's, that's on the other side. The fear yeah. is that if you open up in the Amazon, you may be opening up elsewhere. So that is a fear, and that is a concern, mm-hmm. and, and so that I do come down on that side. Also, I know I'm, I sound like I'm I'm trying to play both sides of the both sides of the fence, feet on both sides of the fence. Perhaps I am because I see an argument on both sides. But I do, I do, uh, I do feel for the people who don't have have the Eucharist. On the other hand, I do feel the importance of preserving that charism of celibacy. Does that make sense?
1: It does make sense. We need to, It's the bottom of the hour. We need to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation and talk specifically about the document, the apostolic exhortation that Pope Francis uh, published on, on the presentation of the Lord on February 2nd. It's called The Beloved mm-hmm. Amazon. And he yes. has a series of dreams. It's his dream right. speech. Yes. And uh, we're going to talk about each of those uh, right yes. after this break. You're listening to Straight Talk. Iowa Catholic Radio. What is the best gift ever? Well some might say a Catholic education and I agree but if you think you can't afford Catholic education think again. Apply for CTO and you could receive up to half your tuition for kindergarten through 12th grade. More information is online ctoiowa.org. The bottom line it's for the kids and their future.
0: Doing what is challenging because it's right. That's Blackbird Investments. In 2013, Blackbird Investments was born from the inspiration of St. Kevin. When it comes to building real estate, they look for creative solutions by forming strategic alliances, creating energy-efficient buildings, and engaging with local craftsmen. At its core, Blackbird Investments believes in giving buildings a new life. BlackbirdInvest.com. Blackbird Investments, doing what is challenging because it's right. Father Kirby, pastor of St. Elizabeth Parish in Carlisle, will lead a 10-day pilgrimage to the Holy Land, August 3rd to the 12th. Walk where Jesus walked in Nazareth, Mount Tabor, the Jordan River, the Dead Sea, Jericho, Bethany, Bethlehem, and the Old City of Jerusalem. Learn more at crownofbethlehem.com. crownofbethlehem.com Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Carell Contractor, serving Des Moines site work constructed needs for over 60 years, and the Iowa ENT Center, expert ear, nose, and throat care for adults and children. Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences downtown Des Moines for underwriting our show, The Uncommon Good. With me, Bo Bonner,
3: and I'm Bud Marr. A degree from Mercy College provides endless possibilities. Students have access to patients with complex medical conditions, state-of-the-art medical facilities, highly motivated healthcare professionals, and classroom professors that transform them into servant leaders.
0: You can start the programs in fall, spring, or summer. There are endless possibilities available online at mchs.edu/kwky.
2: Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. Gusty wind and some showers and thunderstorms this afternoon will be in the mid-70s. A few lingering showers tonight and down to about 49 and then scattered showers and a few thunderstorms in mid-60s tomorrow. Weather is brought to you by Rock Valley Physical Therapy, outstanding outpatient physical therapy and sports medicine rehabilitation with seven convenient locations in the Des Moines Metro and southwest Iowa area. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio.
1: Well welcome back to Great Cloud Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Gene Wells and my guest is Monsignor Frank Chido. He's the pastor of Saint Anthony's Church just outside of downtown Des Moines. Bishop I'm sorry. Bishop, I just promoted you. Uh, Monsignor, I'm so grateful that you could join us today to talk about the Amazonian Synod and Pope Francis's uh, response uh, in his document called The Beloved Amazon.
3: Um,
1: He included four dreams. Right. And, you know, let's look at those. The first one, he said, I dream of an Amazon region that fights for the rights of the poor, the original people's and the least of our brothers and sisters where their voices can be heard and their dignity advanced. I'm like, okay, what does that really mean? But it sounds, it included a lot about injustice and crime.
4: Right. Well, yes. Uh, I, first of all, I think that's a beautiful approach to, uh, the needs in the Amazon and even beyond the Amazon to have, to have these dreams. Uh, but he also, just by way of introduction, he also says these dreams have to be incarnated in reality. They can't be just pipe dreams, you know. They have to be to be incarnated in reality. That means there has to be a plan to implement the dream so that it, it is fulfilled. And so, when we think about these dreams, we should think about them as really a call to action uh, to respond to the needs accordingly, and not make them a pipe dream, but make them a dream that is fulfilled um, by our by our efforts. And, in, in response to God's divine grace. And so this first dream is, is a social dream, he calls it. You know, there's so much injustice done to people in the Amazon region. The poor people there have been uh, uh, the, the victims of uh, what he calls an ecological disaster, often oh, at yeah. the hands of, of large uh, corporations from wealthy countries that come in and, pardon the expression, rape the, the area. Uh, of their natural resources and leave people uh, in, in terrible poverty without the resources that they need to live a, a, a decent life and so the good living is promote promote the good living that uh, the, the, the many wealthy countries are used to uh, have been that that effort to realize a, health, uh, a good living has often been at the expense of the people of the amazon and he calls that a grave injustice and and he says we do we do need to respond to that, and and to uh, to allow uh, justice to rule our lives, and to treat the people of, uh, of as brothers and sisters who live in who live in in that area, the Amazon and other poor areas, I'm not see them as as pawns on the chessboard of of, uh, of a good living that we're used to in the West at their expense.
1: Well, you know, Monsignor, as I looked at this, you know, I think, okay, how can I, living in Des Moines, Iowa, impact on the injustices and crimes of the Amazon? I mean, some of the issues that were in the Synod were seemed to be far beyond the scope of the church. You know, I suppose we could find out, you know, what big companies are, as you use the term, raping the, the Amazon, mm-hmm. and then not buy their products. I mean, what can we what can we really do? I mean, we can always pray, of course, but well, I I think. How do we address these things as church?
4: Well, we are called to uh, raise our consciences, our consciousness, to raise our consciousness of of evil where we see it. I I think we do a good job of that in terms of uh, pro life issues and to raise the consciousness of people, to call people to see the light of truth and what what we're doing when we diminish the, the value of human life. But also, I think the Pope is saying we need to raise consciousness uh, to shed light on the dramatic uh, impact we're having negatively upon countries in the Amazon uh, by not being sensitive to their legitimate needs. And colonization, you know, is another word that's often used. I think he's saying... Uh, you in America, for example you're asking me the question what do we do in America? first of all, we need to realize that America sometimes through its corporate policies uh, wreak grave injustices upon people in areas such as the Amazon by not challenging uh, these corporations to be responsible and not and not uh, violate uh, the rights of people in poorer areas simply because they're poor. You know our political our political agenda should be one that's sensitive to the to these these needs in other countries. So when we when we personally look at the candidates we vote for, we need and the policies that they adopt and political platforms and so forth. We need to have our heads screwed on straight and speak speak clearly about these issues. That these are human right issues, human life issues. Mm-hmm. Also, that need to be that need to be uh, sensitive. We need to be sensitized to. So I think he's saying, look. You know, here is the light—the light of truth. See this as it, is, as it is. You know, oftentimes it's often easy to turn a blind eye to situations that are that uh, call us to change. You know, and I think the Pope and through the synod is saying, "Look, you know, people of the West, wake up! Look at look at what what some of our policies are doing to these poor people in the Amazon." Mm-hmm. So, first of all, in answer to your question, raising our consciousness. And then responding accordingly, by by doing what we can and voting and so forth, to and encouraging uh, wh- wherever we can and speaking clearly about the evil of colonization, that the ex- negative mm-hmm. colonization at the expense of, of people, poor people's rights to a decent human life.
1: Let's move on to the second dream because I want to make sure we we talk about all four of them um, during today's show. The second dream, he calls it a cultural dream, and, and he wrote, I dream of an Amazon region that can preserve its distinctive cultural riches, where the beauty mm-hmm. of our humanity shines forth in so many varied ways. Now, mm-hmm. Vatican II, um, really from a church perspective, encouraged that as well. You know, it used to be, you know, just the Latin Mass, and and Vatican II documents allowed the language and the culture to right. influence our liturgies. Right, right. But right. the cultural issues in the Amazon are broader than what music is sung amass and what right. language is spoken. Yeah, yes.
4: yes. Um, the uh, preserving cultural riches, where the beauty of our humanity shines forth, is I, th- I believe uh, what he, what he is saying is that culture culture is more than just just language. Culture is a way, uh, a prism through which we look at the world, uh, in which we live. It is. Uh, it is a, a constellation of things. It's it's language, yes, but it's also values. It's also attitudes. It's also uh, priorities. How we how we approach life, uh, uh, the value of human life, family. All of these things, government. All these things are part of part of culture, and history is part of culture. And so he's saying, you know, that the Dream of Amazon is its think cultural riches. In other words. When when we engage a culture as the Amazon, they are equal players at the table of of uh, of the world's uh, uh, nation, uh, world of nations. So that sometimes mm-hmm. that we look at poorer countries as as poor um, stepchildren, and they'll take the scraps from the table, and right. we, the big the, the, the heavy hitters and the and the big players, are the ones that determine, you know, how how things are going to be played out on. On the oh, the important of, people of the yeah. world. Pardon? Pardon? Yeah, the important people. Yeah, the important, quote unquote, the important people. And he said, right. you know, these cultures have something to offer, too, in their own experience beyond beyond the language, their mm-hmm. values, their experience, their history, uh, how, how how they engage, engage nature. Uh, all of these things are which part really of- gets to his
1: third dream, which is the the um I- um ecological dream I mean look at the right. amazon so, and he wrote, "I dream of an Amazon region that can jealously preserve its overwhelming natural beauty and the super abundant life teeming in its rivers and forests I right. mean the environmentalists had to have been thrilled um with this third component, but really we all need to because of, of the impact that that region, the, the rainforest, the, how that impacts the, the temperature yes. of the earth, um, yes. and that, yes. that we all need to, to jealously preserve that area. Yes. The,
4: the, you know, we talk a lot about the objectification of, of people, objectification of women, seeing women as, as a sexual object for men's gratification and then the sexual sphere. What the, what the Pope is referring to here is the, the 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 fact that oftentimes entire cultures are objectified. In other words, looked upon uh, as objects of the, of the gratification of the needs of richer countries. And so wh- whereas we need to respect women a, a, and, and not as objects of sexual pleasure, but as people with dignity and, and rights of their own, so also we need to look at countries... Uh, that may be poorer financially than ours and with a different cultural background and see them not as objects to gratify our, uh, materialistic needs, but as, as people who, who again are equal players at the table of, of, uh, the world's, uh, the world of nations. And Mm -hmm. that they have something to offer in their, like he says, natural beauty. You know, a lot of times our colonization of these, of these, Amazonian nations has meant that rich countries come in and rape the, the natural resources and take them out and, mm-hmm. and leave them robbers. Instead, that look, this is the right of that country. God created in such a way that he gave that those nations, the areas of the world, their own natural beauty, and they, that's not an object for us to, to, to steal. These are subjects of the respect that, that, uh, that we, we should give them because they're equal players at the table of the nations of the world.
1: We need to take our last break of the show. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the fourth dream, and that's the ecclesial dream, which really took uh, almost half of the apostolic exhortation and Great. talking about you know how the church and how it connects to the Amazon. You're listening to Straight okay. Talk with Gene Wells and Monsignor Chido here on Iowa Catholic Radio. We'll be right back.
0: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Be Not Afraid is provided by Dream Dirt. Dream Dirt Farm Real Estate and Auction is a licensed and experienced farm brokerage and auction company. Dream Dirt auctioneers are PRI and CAI certified professional farm marketers and have trained to understand the strategy behind a successful auction or sale. We work to reduce stress and risk for our customers and do not charge advertising fees. Learn more at DreamDirt.com. Dream Dirt Farm and Equipment Auction Services. Farm auctions done right. 515-257-7199. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the Morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping, clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks, and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Sons Naturescapes can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Sons Naturescapes online at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. Thank you to Confluence Brewing Company for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Confluence Brewing Company brewed locally and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers available in their tap room and at local stores, bars, and restaurants. Confluence has a beer garden for you, your family, and friends to enjoy. Confluence Brewing Company is located at 1235 Thomas Beck Road off the bike trail south of Gray's Lake and online at confluencebrewing.com. Confluence Brewing Company, where good things come together, ingredients, ideas, and friends.
1: Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Gene Wells, and my guest today is Montino Frank Chaito. He's the pastor of St. Anthony's Catholic Church uh, just outside of downtown Des Moines, and we are talking about uh, the apostolic exhortation from Pope Francis uh, titled The Beloved Amazon. And mm-hmm. it's uh, Pope Francis's response to the Amazonian Synod that happened last fall. Now, nearly half of his document uh, is dedicated to his fourth of the dreams that he listed, and rightly so, um, since it is the core of our faith, and that's the ecclesial dream. And he wrote, I dream of Christian communities capable of generous commitment incarnate in the Amazon region and giving the church new faces with Amazonian features. Thank you. Uh, Pope Francis mentioned in the introduction that he wasn't going to address specific issues from that report, which was massive, by the way. Uh, yet it's these hot button issues that many want to hear about, like the priesthood, which we've already talked about uh, a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. There's been conversation, uh, Monsignor, since the Synod about uh, women deacons, and yes. that there's a, a study group around that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. What are your thoughts around some of those kinds of issues that came up in the Synod that were not addressed in the apostolic exhortation?
4: Yes, uh, the, the issue of women deacons, uh, you know, this has been a, an issue that's uh, been referred to quite a bit over the past 20, 25 years. In fact, I think there have been uh, at least two studies on, on the issue of women deacons, and um, it was brought up again by the Synod, and I think in response to that, the Pope felt compelled to call another uh, study research group to look at the question of whether or not women can be ordained as the diaconate. And I think uh, what they're going to find is what they found in the past, and that is, that you know, we, we can't change the apostolic tradition, and the apostolic uh-huh. tradition does show that there were, there were what they called deaconesses in the early Church. However, they were not ordained in the same sense that men were and are to the diaconate. They, they were, there was a kind of like an order of deaconesses, sort of like a, a, a religious order of nuns, actually, who uh, participated in the life of the Church by assisting at baptisms and works of the poor and so forth, and they kind of evolved into the nursing sisters, by the way, uh, that, uh, and there was some kind of a uh, ceremony that made them deaconesses, although it's not technically ordination, in the same sense that male deacons uh, are ordained. So I think they're going to research that and look for a way, and I think they will come up with uh, a, a, a grouping of women who are called to ministry as de- deaconesses, but they won't be ordained in the same way or in the same sense as men are ordained, they'll be commissioned, sort of like the commissioning of an acolyte or commissioning of a lector, and uh, uh-huh. they will be given some kind of responsibility. One of the things the Pope reiterates is that women should be given roles of responsibility in the Church and also in, in governance to some extent, uh, and, and not not relegated to the sidelines and, and support of, uh, of the men's ministries. And so I think we are going to, see that evolve, but I don't think uh, it should concern those who are concerned about opening up a ministry, ordained ministry to to women in the academy, because I don't think that we can change apostolic tradition. I think it's pretty clear that, uh, mm-hmm. that this not going to be done and can't ordain them in the same sense or can't ordain them at all uh, as men, deacon, are, but they'll be commissioned. If I can see that. I think that's a wonderful thing. You know, uh, sister, the sisterhood of nuns, you know, developed over time and it responded to needs. And so there's a need now. If you call them deaconesses, and you have a ministry, uh, some kind of ceremony making them deaconesses, that's fine. I think I, I would encourage that. And so that's one of the things that the Pope, uh, or the, that a lot of the bishops said in the, at the synod, and I think the Pope, in, in fairness, is responding to it the best he can.
1: But you know, I want to you know, make sure I look you at the, these four dreams, yeah. and I think this is really a playbook for the world, not just the Amazon.
4: Well, yes, you know... It, if, for example, uh, yeah, we talked about that in terms of celibacy, that what happens in the Amazon would affect the other church, the church universally, and that's why Pope Benedict, Emeritus Benedict and, and Cardinal Sarah came out with that that book saying, you know, be careful because uh, exactly that. If you allow it in the Amazon, you're going to allow it, you have to allow it in Germany. And so it's very, very uh, dangerous in the sense you can't take it lightly. You know, this, these are grave consequences to any changes in these areas. And so also with diaconate what happens with in the amazon in terms of diaconate is going to affect the whole world if you allow deaconesses in the amazon you're going to allow them out elsewhere so if you allow them what what does it mean what are what are deaconesses and is it consistent with uh, the 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 apostolic tradition and is it consistent with our our church's understanding of ordination throughout the centuries mm
1: mm-hmm. mhm our time is already up, Monsignor. Can you believe it? Um, I, can't believe it. I would love for you, if you would so, be so kind, as to offer a blessing for our listeners.
4: I would be glad to, and I want to thank you, Jean, for this opportunity. And for all you listeners, keep praying uh, for one another that we get through this thing soon and that the Lord is glorified through it all. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with kindness, you and your family, and give you peace. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Monsignor, for joining us today. Uh, You can listen again. What time are your live masses broadcast from St. Anthony's?
4: St. Anthony's every day, Monday through Saturday at 8.30 a.m. in English, 10 o'clock in Spanish, and on uh, weekends, 9.30 a.m. Latin High Mass, 11 o'clock English Mass, and 1 o'clock Spanish.
1: God bless you. Thank you for doing that. Thanks to our producer, Jimmy Olson. I'm Jean Wells, and today I'm asking St. Francis of Assisi, patron saint of nature and all living organisms, to guide us in caring for our world, both in our own neighborhoods and around the globe. St. Francis of Assisi, pray for us. Iowa Catholic Radio and Straight Talk is on the air because of your prayers and your generosity. I thank you for that. Please consider a tax-deductible gift to Iowa Catholic Radio Online, iowacatholicradio.com. Straight Talk is every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and rebroadcast at 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Stay tuned for Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. God bless.
0: Straight Talk every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio with Gene Wells. Brought to you by Blackbird Investments.